Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Casper.com slash terms for more details. Hey guys, it's Riley here from Rula 2, and this episode is brought to you by DC Universe. It's the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. It's home of the original series like Titans and Young Justice Outsiders, Parts 1 and 2. Their comic library includes over 20,000 titles, from classic to recent releases, and more complete storylines than ever before. It's available on your favorite devices. Sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. Stay little chico, Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. We got episode 50 coming. It is 50 yeah. episodes. 50th. 50th anniversary. The 50th episode of Rule of Two here on Collider Video's main YouTube page and on Jedi Council's podcast. Podcast one feed. Yeah, I can, I can, I can speak. Yeah. Mark Fernandez joining me as always. How are you, my friend? I'm all right. I'm yeah. all right. Yeah. You know, uh, it's uh, we're doing a pre-tape. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us today. Sorry, it couldn't be live. Uh, Mr. Fernandez is doing some Sith business next week, so that's why we're doing this. Yeah. But I've noticed something. There is zero. Well, there's there's stuff, but there's zero kind of fanfare for Rise of Skywalker at Comic Con this year. It's currently going on as we tape this. I, uh, I've why actually is that? I've actually noticed that there's been a lot of it's like maybe it speaks to the power of Star Wars mm-hmm. and the lack of um sort of new content or I don't know what the sort of opposite side of the coin is but I've seen a lot of buzz at Comic-Con of everybody trying to get their picture with the red Sith trooper. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like it seems like everybody's all about this red Sith trooper. 
It's because that's the only thing. It's, it's like everybody gets super excited about this new Red Sith Trooper. We'll right. see it for 15 seconds on screen. <laughs> like one will get shot ah! with like that famous little voice thing. Right. Yeah, the uh, Wilhelm scream. Yeah, the Wilhelm <laughs> scream. It'll get yeah. like one of those. And, the, and then you all know, the fans will go and delete their picture. Yeah, but um, I've seen uh, like there's like a big Lego version of the Red Sith Trooper yeah. that's like – Seven feet tall or something. Everybody takes their picture around. They, right. They unveiled like the actual costume. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess. So. Yeah, and they did a video with J.J. Abrams talking about the evolution of the stormtroopers, and that this this one is special because, for lack of a better term, he says because it looks different. And I'm right. like, well, Sith it trooper, looks red. it looks red. I like I like the design. I love, I love that the it's design. red. I mean, it's great. I. And I, I see Sith Trooper and I think Emperor Palpatine is back. And so I think the Imperial Guard merged with the First Order Stone Trooper and there you go. So maybe they're guarding something to do with the Emperor. That's my hope and that these guys aren't just going to get taken out or they appear like once yeah. and then don't do anything. And, and That's Fil- my hope. And Filoni dropped – uh, some cryptic uh, tweets, uh, Instagram posts. Yeah, because he's saying it's a year ago, and it must have been Comic Con, yeah. that they announced uh, the arrival of another season of Clone Wars. Yeah. So I think that's what it was. Because I'm looking at the panels, and and not to say that there's not a Star Wars presence. There's a, a great Lucasfilm museum where you can see some like Ralph McQuarrie paintings and you know old st- pictures and all like really good stuff curated from Lucasfilm. Which yeah. must be fun. I would I would be in there in a second. But as far as for us, we want some footage. We want some announcements. We want all of that. Yeah. We think we're getting it at D twenty three instead of Comic Con. Yeah, look, and, and and there's also something that's not as joyful or as happy or as fun. But today actually marks the one year anniversary of of the passing of John Schnapp. That's right. Who uh, was a dear friend yep. and a colleague, mm-hmm. a collaborator. And a huge Star Wars sweaty. A huge Star Wars sweaty. And Among like, other things, obviously. Yeah. And as, as we've spoken about before on this show, he and I wanted to do sequels versus the prequels. Right. Which was the original rule of two before you and I started doing it. Yep. Um, so, look, big shout out to John Schnepp. I know that you're up there uh, listening to us. I know that you're up there you know, debating us yeah. and uh, getting your points in. Um, and I'll never forget uh, the night. Um, so I saw the, the Last Jedi for the second time with him mm-hmm. at the Disney lot, and um, he he wasn't really talking about it too much right afterwards. But I remember being at home cooking up a meal and having John call me like around it was like eleven thirty at night, you know, wow. which w- wasn't a usual time to get a call from Schnapp. Yeah, usually you're turning off and you know not calling at yeah. that time. Yeah, so he called me like eleven thirty at night just to like rant on on the last jedi yeah and he was ranting on it and he had like all these opinions about it and we were having this great discussion and then i remember like two days afterwards um you know we were talking about it and, and like i kind of wanted to pick up the discussion and keep the you know keep uh snowballing mm-hmm. what i had detected was like heavy critiques more than i was expecting because he was a big fan of the force awakens Right. And um, had a lot of critiques about the prequels, you know. So I thought that he was turning almost, you know. Yeah. Because The Last Jedi had kind of put a, a bad taste in his mouth. And then the next day that I saw him and I kept doing the convo, he had almost completely flipped. Yeah. And he was like almost like like a big Last Jedi fan. Yeah. You know, we had a great – We had spoken together that it, it grew with him and that he was – 
really digging it. Right, right, right. So wherever you are, John Schnapp, you're always in our hearts and in our minds and in our thoughts. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, shout out to the big man. Shout out to the big man. Miss him dearly. And uh, if you go to Clyder Video's uh, Twitter handle, we, we reposted the the memoriam video. I watched it. Uh, I laughed. I, I teared up because it's some of the, the best schnep moments that we pulled from all the videos here at Collider Video and just put them together. So if you want to check that out, you can you can go to Cl- at Collider Video on Twitter and uh, and see it there. Um, and with that, why don't we get into it? We're going to talk about, you know, what do we do here? We speculate. We go down the rabbit hole. We talk about the building of the Big Mac. So let's do it now. It's Rula 2, Episode 50. Rise. May the force be with you. That's right. It's episode 50. 50 episodes of Rule 2. That's fantastic. Thank I remember you the all. first one. Do you remember what we talked about in the first one? No. I don't remember I don't. either. I don't remember either. I mean, you could probably say, I think it was some big news that dropped. Yeah. I saw some old uh, version of it. Um, and I guess that the Rise thing. Was part of the first one. Was it? But maybe we didn't do it again for two or three, and then people kept saying, bring it back. Bring it back. I bring forgot it back. the uh, the, the, uh, the sort of the origin story of it, but it'd be interesting to go back and, and uh, look at that. Yeah, um, we got to go back. Because I remember there was at one point it was like you made fun of yourself, and you're like, ah, I don't know if I should do that yeah, anymore. Yeah, but that was much later on, It right? was later on because yeah. then the fans were like, no, no, you have yeah, to keep rise. rise. Yeah, of course we need rise. Um, Skywalker. Um, Jamie Cost. And I, if Jamie's listening, shout out Jamie Costa. We uh, sometimes we'll get on a text thread, yeah, and we'll start sending each other like little, like um, sort of like uh, voice messages or like uh-huh. you know those little voice texts. Oh, you know, that must be a joy to get from him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some funny ones, and um, I think, uh, um, oh god, man. Anyway, there was a few of them recently that I did that I was like, wow, I really nailed it. Um, <laughs> Your best Star Wars impressions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so look, uh, two two housekeeping things. Okay. Okay. Number one, the reason I look so sweaty is because we were just having a wiffle ball. Actually, it was a, more like a, a tennis ball with a wiffle ball bat. Right. Full-blown baseball game out in the main um, sort of work area. And yeah. And it got a little heated. It did. And I felt that baseball go whoosh. Yeah. Right by my head. Yeah, yeah, I got a little right heated. by my head as I was uh, work. <laughs> Cody was out there. Uh, Christian was out there. Yeah. Uh, Jack Hines Jack. was out there. Uh, Frank Lucatardo yeah. took a, took a ball to the face. Editor extreme. Yeah, I'm so one of the best. So anyway, got got a little bit flustered. Uh, got a little bit sweaty. So I'm just you know I'm dealing with that right now. So that's one thing. <laughs> and then the other thing is um, is last week we did an episode where. Um, we had seen a really cool spec uh, speculation video hmm. um, by Red Letter Media. Yeah, and the time um, travel, the time travel thing, and yeah, tongue in cheek, you know, they they were doing right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you know we had seen you know we, we we had seen some sort of other people kind of talking about it and had you know war you know world between worlds world between then came worlds up and all that as stuff. a as a possibility. Yeah. Yep. And like, look, I want to make something very clear on hmm. this show. This show is about talking it's about speculating it's about having fun with star wars and celebrating yeah and, and, and like those cool star wars conversations can start anywhere you mm-hmm. know this particular one started or was instigated by red letter media which is somebody we think is hilarious and yeah. we, you know we like their content yeah um and that's it you know and like we're not going to engage um anybody who tries to twist that as anything other than just having a good time you know so it's like yeah it, 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 like for us it's like 
you know, we're kind of like, you know, like, you know, if you want to go ahead, you know, ahead and have your, you know, have your fun mm-hmm. by having sort of um, fun that's uh, sort of mean-spirited, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, you know, um, right. like it, you know, share it with your friends, get them to have mean-spirited fun with it. The more, the merrier. You sure. Know? You know, yeah. and um, and like, look, shout out to Red Letter Media. They're they're uh, they're a great group of guys. Um, would love to work with them sometime in the future. Yeah. You know, get them on the show or whatever it is. Yeah, that'd and, be cool. Um, yeah, and, and that's it. I just want to get that out there. Yeah, I know what you mean. And you know, sometimes uh, the star, it's it's always a thing. You know, yeah. when uh, that Star Wars can incite such sometimes. Heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Biting my tongue a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I just ignore it now. Yeah. You know, I, I engage with uh, with good, fun conversation. And uh, and I always say it. If you come at me real hot, I just ignore. Yeah. Or mute. One of my favorite things on Twitter yeah, is all, muting. It, look, it's all good. It's, yeah. Like at the end of the day, we're talking about space wizards. We're talking know? about space wizards and and I've always said and I thought about it the other night is, you know, do I have a bias with Star Wars? Yeah. You yeah. know why? Cuz I grew up with it. And uh it's my earliest memory of uh finding something that um incited storytelling and imagination in me and it's it's it really defined me as a kid. Um, from learning that I was almost named Luke and then wandering around to all my neighbors telling me, call me Luke Skywalker from now on. You know, playing with the toys, it it it, it really stirred something creatively in me that I've been doing now the rest of my life. And, I, and Star Wars is a big part of that. And so for me to love all of these movies, even though I didn't like Solo or Attack of the Clones, some of these movies that are on the bottom of those lists – I still love those movies because of Star Wars and because there are always something in there that I enjoy. I'm not going to I'm not going to make any excuse for that. This yeah. is this is I love Star Wars and if if people want to call me a shill or yell at me for an opinion or this or that, I'm confused by that. I'll be quite honest. Yeah. I'm very confused by having to explain a love of something that is so pure as coming from a childhood place. And uh, I, like I said, I don't care. I'm yeah. not, not going to make excuses for that. So you can either join me on that or go somewhere else. And like for me, um, the sort of public criticism stuff on Twitter and on the comments, yeah. um, I like the ones that make me laugh. You know? Yeah. Like, like, like I think when you do like a lampoon at somebody or you're making fun of them or, or whatever and, it, and it's funny, like – I actually kind of like those, you know, like, yeah. you know, there's something kind of humorous. It's like taking a, like a little, uh, like a little roasting, you mm-hmm. know, from, from sure. you know, because, you know, the good humor sometimes equates to like a, a sort of nicer disposition. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where like, I hate the ones that are, you know, um, just, just not well thought out, you know, and just like reactive, and it's just you know you want you just want to get something out there. But anyway, yeah. So so all that all that aside, um, we have nothing to talk about again today. No. Okay. Because there's you know there were reshoots. Tell me about the reshoots. What 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 happened? Yeah. The the biggest news out there is uh, coming from a publication I believe was Wired. Uh, we talked about it on the latest Jedi Council, myself and Ken Knapsack, um, and it's that basically they're going back for some reshoots. And that these reshoots might be go through September. Hmm. That's something I pick up on because that's September what, like three three four months before the movie comes out, right? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a little something that you kind of go, huh? 
But at the same point, and I said it on Jedi Council, this this is uh, this is part of big budget filmmaking. It's not just Star Wars. It's across the board. Yeah, yeah, it's par for the course. It is par for the course. So um, I'm not completely worried. In most cases, these things are 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 put into contracts with movies, studios, actors, especially because. You know, sometimes you're going to go look at footage and go, you know what? I want to do this. And uh, just a simple Google search will – you will find reshoots on every single movie that is uh, that is within the new Star Wars canon, as it were. Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Solo, and Rogue One. Now, there are various versions of that. Rogue One was, from what I've – what I understand was a big reshoot. You know, they got footage and they were like from somebody within Lucasfilm said it was kind of a mess. They had to do a big reshoot. Obviously, Solo, they lose Lord and Miller. Ron Howard comes in. They're kind of dodgy on some of the reports there because we don't know how much was reshot. Mm-hmm. But um, by all accounts, it might have been quite a bit of uh, reshot footage. But Last Jedi, Force Awakens, it's kind of par for the course. you know. And I think we're seeing the same thing here. I'm not worried in the least. Yeah. How do you feel? I um, reshoots don't worry me. Yeah. Reshoots don't worry me. I mean, um, if if there was something that indicates, hey, we're gonna we're, like we're gonna push back the date, then I'd be a little bit more worried. Mm-hmm. But um, it doesn't seem like like uh, the release date's gonna be affected in any way. So no. you know, reshoots are fine. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I um, you know get it right or get it as close to right as possible. Um, you know, with with episode nine, I have bigger concerns and questions about what the script looks like. Mm. I have bigger questions and concerns about how they're going to try to wrap up the story. I have this weird feeling that um, seven and eight did such, in my opinion, did so little to advance any kind of real story forward outside of, um, you know, like if you look at the character progression in seven and eight or of of where they started and where they are now – you have um, you have Ray is I guess a Jedi Master or at least a Jedi Knight, you know, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I don't think she'll be a Master by night. She's the protector of the lore of the she, Jedi. She's the last. She's the last of the Jedi. Like the last of the known Jedi is the yeah. best I'll give her, right? Sure. You know, she you know she she has all the lore. She's got all the books and all that stuff that she took from from Luke's hut. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Kylo as the supreme leader, leader. yeah, the supreme leader mm-hmm. of the First Order, um, and uh, that's basically it. I mean, I, oh no, well you also have the Resistance down to like six people, mm-hmm. right? Leia, Poe, Finn, and like three other people. It seemed like were there, yeah. You have uh, C-3PO seems to be back in the mix, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. And R2-D2 still seems to like not really have anything to do. I want more R2. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Everything else <laughs> I was enjoying you explaining the story as it's progressing because I sat there and went, it is progressing. Right, right. It I, is. I mean, I don't it know. Is. I mean like it, – to it, But to everybody out there that, that either has been enjoying these movies or have notes or hates them. Right. You know, they're I, I, they're there, and they are. I believe the story is progressing now. We have talked numerous times on certain things that we want more of. Well, maybe okay. So first of all, um, um, I take it as the characters are progressing to some degree. Right. There's the plot is advancing. Yeah. I'm still missing the story, as it were. Like, is it the story of um, a 
a boy destined for greatness who falls into evil, who, um, you know, like reconciles his, you know, his his dark, um, you know, inclinations and then redeems himself. Which is very familiar to the Anakin story, right? Right. Um, I think we're going there with Kylo. Right. Is that the story or is the story the story of a girl who has nothing to start except the memory of a family she never really knew uh, to finding a new path in the world and having that new path finally give her the fulfillment of having a family or a unit, right? That's Maybe that's the story. Right on the, I, think you're, I think you're right on the money with Ray. Right. And, and Kylo for that matter. Right, right. Um, because I think that's what she was longing for was to f- to get her parents in Force Awakens, go back to Jakku. We got to go back because she left, you know, for, for obvious reasons. First Order was after her. But she's looking for a place in the world. And her parents were that identifying factor. And she has that memory of them flying away. So I got to wait for them. We got to wait for them. I need that, right. that family. And before she knew it, she had a family in Finn and the Resistance and Leia. And then she goes for a father figure in Luke who disappoints her and kind of get, gives her the, that motivation she needed because through that trial and through realizing that Luke's gone, she essentially gives up on Luke and leaves. Um, and that's to go back to the family that started it, Finn, the Resistance and Leia and Poe and all those, those you know happy campers. So – and then Luke – that was Luke's impetus to then do what he did. That's the way I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you brought up something interesting that I want to go down that, that, that path um, because what is the story of this new trilogy? Now, I've always kind of waited and said I want to see Rise of Skywalker and then I can do the, the, yeah. the Monday morning quarterbacking as it were um, because the original trilogy I think is is so perfect in its – like. It's good versus evil. It's uh, you know, a the empire, you know, versus the little guy, and a band of small band of rebels rising up against them. And the new hope is Luke Skywalker, who can utilize the Force and maybe help bring back the Jedi. That's that was the story. But then here we are with the sequel trilogy, and I I agree with you in a lot of it. I mean, it's hard to really pinpoint what the story is right now, but I'll keep that caveat. Nine, I think, yeah. should fill in and can fill in all those things. Look, it's hard. It's hard to pinpoint the story of the new trilogy without basically reciting or retelling the story of the previous trilogies. And that's yeah. And that's, I think, a problem. Okay? Yeah, it's it's hard because you know they say the first order rises from the ashes of the empire, and they all look the same. Yeah. And so because, like, where were they? I mean, that's my biggest note: is where was the first order? Where's the government system that I, I did enjoy knowing that uh, that that governing body of the old republic in yeah. the prequels, and that's what I'm like. What? How? And I'm hoping Rise of Skywalker illuminates me because with the prequels you have a very specific story. You have two really good stories. I think you have one how this um, you know incredibly intelligent politician is able to manipulate the entire government and the entire known uh, univ- uh, galaxy yeah. to uh, effectively give him what he wants without really putting up much of a fight. Right. You know? uh, and then you also have the story of this chosen prodigy who um, 
is manipulated by this dark uh, force mm-hmm. to question and doubt everything that he um, has learned, has known, to sort of flip um, on everything he believes in to actually be the vessel by which this dark force can take over the galaxy. Right. So it's a really complicated story, and it's a really good story. Yeah. Then you have this, you know. Then you have the uh, the original trilogy, which is really the story about a little dude's fight against impossible odds. Yep. Right. You yep. know, and that's really that story. And then um, you don't get that same vibe. Like, for example, let's say that you take that second story. Well, okay, well, the sequels is also the fight of a, you know, lowly person against impossible odds. Mm -hmm. I don't really get that. You know, like, I'm not really getting that. I'm with you. I don't get that either. I mean, because because I think it's rooted in the fact that we don't know the governing body of the Republic. They were wiped out halfway through the movie. And then we don't really know much about the First Order. We really don't. Like, Like, if you try to be as objective as possible... It basically feels like the new sequel trilogy is about the remnants of the Republic and the Rebellion taking on the remnants of the Empire, right? Like, yeah. you can almost look at it and like that's that. what it is. You know, even though they both look the same, they both act the same, they both seem to have the same amount of resources, it just seems like it's like somehow everything that happened in the first six movies was somehow obliterated and there's like this like like you know these little nomadic groups left of what was once there and now they're fighting against each other but what are the stakes what are they fighting for yeah i think that there's there's a word that comes to me it's like chaos in the galaxy and you don't really get that right because like what once you juxtapose their struggle with the rest of the galaxy it doesn't seem like the rest of the galaxy even gives a fuck yeah, and especially with that Kento Bite yeah, sequence. Like those people didn't even think – it didn't even seem like they even knew what was going on. They're, right. They're they're enjoying champagne and gambling and going, ha, 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 fools, whatever they're doing. Right. That didn't make much sense to me and, and, and that's why I didn't enjoy because the Kento Bite sequence because I don't think it added to the story much aside from I get that there are rich people that are yeah. going to give weapons to both sides of the war to further their own wealth. Because if you look at the other six movies and you look at every single planet that they visit, every single planet is touched by either the oppression of the empire mm-hmm. or it's touched by the conflict of the Republic versus the Trade Federation. Right. Every single planet. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, like let's go through them, right? You got Naboo. It's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. You got um, Camino, obvious. You have um, the planet uh, with all the bugs uh, in Attack of the Clones. Geonosis. Geonosis, obvious, right? You have um, uh, even Hoth. Mm-hmm. Right, like, like you know, I was going to say a third one is like uncharted planets where there is either you know indigenous you know species that are you know there for a reason. Like I think of Endor, I think of Hoth, and that's where. In Hoth and Endor, Hoth was utilized by the rebellion to hide, and the emperor used Endor because it had it was a staging it was it, a staging area. Yeah, staging area to build the Death Star. Yeah, yeah. So you would have these maybe uncharted settlements that could be utilized by either side, yeah, depending because, on what happens. Because it, like in the um, Bespin, you know, there's a there's a you know at first it seems like it's all close is clear, but there's a strong imperial presence there. Right. Well, the imperial presence shows up because Lando tells him, "I made a deal with the Empire. Yeah. 
Um, you know, oh no, we we it, he kind of says it with Han and Leia as they're walking through before we meet. We oh, realize right, right, right. So it's contextualized from the second you meet him. Yeah, and you that's know? something I agree with you is completely missing from this sequel trilogy. Completely missing. And I think that if there were a few lines, like you were just referencing with Lando going, no, you know, the Empire doesn't really get involved here because we're a small operation and we we fly under the radar and this. And you know what? I just made a deal with the Empire. They'll keep them out of here forever. Boom. Here they are. Right. I betrayed you. Right. And that was Lando's thing. So, but with, so that's a line, right? So with the sequel trilogy, we didn't even know what the Republic is doing until all of a sudden we see a bunch of people going, huh, what's going on out there? Ah, boom. Right. And this is another very good reason why Rogue One, I think, is the is the most Star Warsy of the Star Wars um, films from Disney mm-hmm. and from the new Lucas uh, film, is because in Rogue One, everywhere you go, you feel that presence of the struggle. Yeah, and it's but that's but that's because we know Rogue One takes place right before A New Hope, so that's established right. in the fandom and in audiences. Except my mother, who thought Rogue One was a sequel to Force Awakens. Right, right. She's like, <laughs> "Who's that girl? That's Ray, right?" I'm like, "No, that's that's right. Jenner." So, was yeah. like, oh, so that's yeah. Daisy Ridley. No, it's, 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 never mind, mom. Yeah. Um, but so I'm with you, and I and I wanted more of that. I wanted to know what the design was and. And this is my problem with the supplementary material. You can read Bloodlines, which is a fantastic book that gives you what I wanted from the movies, which is the Republic, you know, under the leadership of you know certain people and General Leia, and you know when they find out Darth Vader is her father, it's like oh, and that's brought out. And through that book, you see the rise of how the First Order took over, and it really did happen because of certain things in the politics. Which I enjoyed, and I wish it carried over a little bit more. I wish Force Awakens really kind of flashed more to the Republic system where all the planets were that were were blown up so that we can see. I mean going into it, I really – and it, it is a little bit of a disappointing thing. Um, doesn't take away enjoyment of the movie for me, but you know, you can look back on this and go, I would have loved to see General Leia holding court in the Republic. Wouldn't it have been great? Yeah. If General Leia is in one of those floating things that the Emperor and you know Padme was in at one point, you know that that Republic chamber, recreating that somehow, that yeah. would you, that would tie the saga Look. in a bit. Let's take a quick break. You know, it's one of my favorite things to do post dancing rehearsal. Not gonna lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality shows back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think.
Hey guys, Riley here with Rule of Two. And this episode, it's brought to you by DC Universe. DC Universe is the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. Join now to catch up on part one of the original series, Young Justice Outsiders. And then stream new episodes of part two, which are dropping every week in July and August. Continue watching DC's most iconic young superheroes and other brand new characters as they discover their unique meta powers and special abilities while they face the new threat of meta trafficking and an intergalactic arms race for control of these superpowered youths. Enjoy Young Justice Outsiders as well as other DC original series like Titans and Doom Patrol, along with over 20,000 comics, animated films, and classic DC movies. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices. Sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. That's dcuniverse.com slash join. Let's take a quick break. You know it's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal. Not gonna lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away, which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality show is back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. It's been my critique of this new trilogy from the beginning, which is that they didn't take full advantage of any of the substantive material of the first six movies. They... They took advantage of the franchise um, high concept uh, golden pillars to and, a degree because not even that. Especially like, the aesthetics. Everything looked – Yeah, everything looks looks like Star Wars. But I would actually argue that not the aesthetics because the aesthetics of the Force and the Jedi and the lightsaber like we've spoken about ad nauseum on this show, mm-hmm. I didn't think translate well at all. But the the continuation of the saga – of the fall of the Republic, the rise of Palpatine and the Empire, the second one, which is the uh, redemption of Darth Vader, finally taking out the Emperor, and the rise of Darth Vader's uh, son, Luke Skywalker, who is going to foster a new generation of Jedi. Having a new generation, now we get into the sequel trilogy, having a new generation of Jedi uh, try to regain control over the galaxy and rebuild a democratic – I love democracy. Yeah. You know, trying to, try, try to rebuild a democratic uh, empire uh, or, or republic under uh, the protection of the Jedi mm-hmm. and then having some new uh, phantom menace or some new evil corrupt, um, you know, like – because like – and then history repeats itself. Right, because like um, peace requires constant vigilance, right? And, right. And, and being able to establish a, a hopeful future that then again gets um, you know, questioned. And that's why I always love that. We've talked about it on the show. This 
tr- trilogy should have been about the Republic. You know, we should have flipped the table. Mm-hmm. The Republic should have been strong again. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, Ben Solo should have still like gone against um, you know uh, Luke. Had, still should have left the Jedi. You know, whatever. All that shit should have come out about Luke and Leia being Darth Vader's, um, you know, offspring. Have that create dissension amongst the ranks of the Republic. Yeah. And then have uh, her son, Luke's nephew, who he trained, lead, fall prey to the dark side and lead a almost terrorist group against the Republic that becomes very, very, very difficult to attack because they are so in the shadows and they perform such horrible terrorist actions and then have that threaten the entire yeah. structure of well, of the republic to the point where then the republic like banishes Luke and Leia and Han and throws them um out into the cold kind of like game of thrones style where you have the republic now as a third um element in the story you have Han Luke and Leia as almost like ousted yeah. and, and left to understand that they have to defeat Kylo and his group even though it's their friggin' nephew and son. I mean, like, that that's a thats a story. You, you, you better be careful. You're going to get a lot of people on your side here because yeah. that's great. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. I can't, I can't turn away from great ideas and good story, and that works for me. And I, want, I wanted more of that. And I think you, – you listen, I think the First Order, I did get terrorist group from it, but not like that. Not – it's not – completely clear it's not in the shadows it's bigger than it's it's somehow like this dude's ship is like 10 times the size it it looks like the empire right and, and like star killer base they, is bigger than the death star right you know? so it's like where the fuck are you getting all these resources like right how did this all happen yeah and that's where i think that uh unfortunately jj and lawrence kasdan and we'll ne- we we might not ever know what Michael Lawrence's script was, which is a right. favorite of ours. Sure. We really want to know because there was a shift we, that was we, happening. We, we, yeah. I mean, one day, one day. God, I would love to get my hands on it to see what the yeah. what ifs. But there's a lot of the DNA of this, and especially the Last Jedi in that original script. Because what did come out was that Ray, known as Kira in the script, uh, did go to wherever the first Jedi Temple was. To meet Luke, who was Hermit Luke, in this version, Episode Seven was going to start there. Mm. I don't know what the governing system was like. I don't know if there was any kind of story threads in there about yeah, where the Republic Hermit is. Luke still makes sense in my in my sort of fan fiction, right? Could, yeah, because if if he was betrayed by his nephew, yeah. or or if somehow he lost his, and nephew, that's where it was starting. He could go off, you know, because he knew. That the Republic was going to start looking at his family and saying, well, wait a minute. You guys are Darth Vader's kids, yeah. right? And you trained this terrorist who's been killing our people in the shadows. See, you know, it's good. just like, give us some, give us something. Yeah, you know, that's it's like, good. I kind of equate it to, even though, like, I enjoyed season eight of Game of Thrones, but I, I kind of equate it to season eight of Game of Thrones and... Or season seven and eight of Game of Thrones and everything else before. Everything else before was so textured, so layered. 
there was so much connective tissue between every character, every word, and like seven other plot points, you know? And it was all integrated into this beautiful tapestry of storytelling that had consequences, cause and effect, causality, all these great things. And then you have season seven, which I actually really love. Oh, I loved season seven, yeah. season eight, I think it, it shows the most where... You're 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 forced to to like squeeze so much shit. It's like Mark Echo used to tell me like ten pounds of shit into mm-hmm. a five pound bag. Yeah, that, that like every scene is like high concept, and you get two words. I mean, like friggin' uh, Kit Harrington, Jon Snow, like like I think if you take all six episodes, you know, he probably spoke for ten minutes or five right. minutes. Yeah, and the entire thing. There's no exposition. Well, you're picking up on what an issue was for me. I think it started in season seven. Is they started to wrap it up. Right. You know, and that could be you could look at it as lack of source material from George R. R. Martin's books or you could look at it as, well, we got to we got to finish this thing because right. next season. Up. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Benioff and Weiss in the back off camera going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, going back to Star Wars, it's those are some great ideas that, uh, you know, again, I wish we had a little bit more understanding of. The world, the universe, because it is seems very – it seems like they're leaning more into the mythology and rather the bigger story mm. and the mythology being just the Jedi and what does that mean and Rey is a part of it and Kylo Ren's a part of it. And then the supplementary characters are our favorite characters like Luke, a Leia, and a Han Solo who were kind of there to support. And I think that was Disney's design. They wanted the old guard to hand off to the new guard and you have these new movies. I don't know where they're going to go because yeah. at one point, and I don't think we need to go there. I mean, it will go into the conversation. We asked a question to each other before before uh, taping here: Will there ever be an episode ten? Right. Um, I personally think there will be. I think there will be. I think it's going to be. We're going to take a break from the saga for a while, yeah. and uh, you know, people are going to remember this because the internet remembers everything. We're going to have a poster. And this is going to happen sooner or later. A poster for Rise of Skywalker. Every saga has an end. And they're going to circle that. And then when they announce episode 10, they're going to put that up next to each other and go, yeah, there it is. Yeah, and like, you know, I've talked about it on the show before, but look at the original first uh, release box of Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. You know, the end of the epic saga is, I think, I believe is the first sentence you read in the back of the box. Case in point. Case in point. um, And like, look, I, I... I believe that there are a lot of people that do feel that the first six movies are kind of like one little saga. Mm-hmm. And then this is like a new little saga that they're trying to bring into the other saga. Look, at the end of the day, this just – for me, and I believe that this is pretty much growing opinion even inside Disney and inside Lucasfilm, which is why I do believe we're going to get like a step back from the features. Let's see how the television thing rolls. Right. Let's see if John Favreau can like strike gold twice, if lightning hits twice with yeah. his Iron Man thing and now his Mandalorian thing. I think unless they take um because like here's here's a good way to put it. Imagine if you got Game of Thrones. Okay. Okay. But you had to do Game of Thrones with um without characters like um Jamie Lannister with his sword or with uh, Kit Harrington and uh, his sword mm-hmm. or the Hound and his sword right. or the Mountain and his sword, right? Equates to the Jedi, the Knights, right? Like the guys sure. who are superlative warriors, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're forced to do everything with like the Mandos of the world, the guys that are good fighters, but ultimately there's a lot of them. There's a lot of people that use guns, you know? Right, they, right. Like, 
in terms of being like a knight, like a knight is a, is the equivalent of a Jedi, right? It's a, yeah. it's a special level of warrior. Yep. You know, um, and imagine having to do Game of Thrones without those special warriors. That's why I'm convinced that, or at least I hope, or uh, uh, you know, put it another way, the only way that I think that the Mandalorian is actually going to really hit critical mass success is if the Mandalorian somehow evolves into someone like I wanted for Finn, someone who starts off as X and evolves into Y plus Jedi. Right. Like the force power, those like the the Big Mac, you know, I know people are getting sick of it, but that needs to be introduced. Are they, are they getting sick of the Big Mac? Because <laughs> I was just gonna say the big you're looking for the Big Mac. Yeah, like that's how you make that show Game of Thrones. You're not gonna make that show Game of Thrones by making it only Narcos. Right. Because, like, Narcos is, is just always going to be better. All right. Now, is Rogue One a good example for this? Because Rogue One really focused on, obviously, the Empire and the small band of rebels that steal the Death Star plans. Mm-hmm. But there was some force in there. We had Shirit, right? I'm one with the force of forces with me. So yeah. you had that kind of reference. I know everybody loves that character. I find that character incredibly annoying. How dare you? I know. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm out. I like Rogue One. To me, I think it's the best one. Actually, for me, Rogue One and Force Awakens are very close to each other. Yeah. Um, but th- I found that character incredibly annoying. But anyway, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <sighs> I mean, just. But I do I... love Jyn Erso. Yeah, I think Jyn Erso is amazing. But my point was. Krennic is my favorite character of all of the new uh, trilogies, but yeah, I'm sorry. He's go fantastic. Ahead. No, I, what I was saying was is that. Um, what was I saying? Uh, I'm just bringing up the reference of the Force in there. Right, and then, to the Mando. Right, to the Mando. We had some mention of it. We have some mention from Bail Organa who says, I'm going to call a friend, and you hear a little refrain of the Force theme. Obi-Wan Kenobi and also Princess Leia. He's saying, I have somebody that I'm going to trust her with. I trust her with my life, he says. So you have you have a little tip of the cap to... Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is part of the Big Mac, right? The Jedi, the Force, and everything. You have the fallen uh, statues that show a Jedi on the planet that the Empire is taking over, mining for kyber crystals. And then, of course, you have the the last scene of the movie with Darth Vader. Yeah. So you get a little bit of that, but it's peppered in throughout the movie. Would that satisfy your, you know, 2 a.m. McDonald's Big Mac craving? With Mandalorian, all, you're right that I do get 2 a.m. McDonald's Big Mac cravings. Um, My friend, we all do. Yeah, but like, <laughs> here's here's another way to put it. It's like let's look at the MCU, right? Something that we're all super familiar with these yeah. days. Okay, now let's let's equate the Jedi to our superheroes, right? Like Spider-Man, which is what they are. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man's a Jedi. I mean, people that rise above the rest, right? Right. right. Now let's equate the Mandalorian to like Nick Fury, okay? Yeah. Let, let's equate the rest of – Is that like Nick Fury and Hawkeye and maybe Black Widow mortals that yeah, have – like, like like maybe more like um, – Nick Fury might be a better – Like like uh, co- like uh, Agent um, uh, Smolder, Smolder – uh, what's her name? Oh, uh, yeah. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe Smolders, yeah. Kobe Smolders Agent character. Maria Hill. Yeah, yeah. Like so basically the Mandalorian is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. You know, I see what you mean. Some people love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, some people love it. I've never seen one episode of Agents of Shield. Of, uh, yeah, of Shield. I was so, with it for the first season. So it's and, not for me. It's yeah. not for me. I like seeing Iron Man. I like seeing Thor. I like seeing Spider Man. Yeah. I like seeing you know um, Doctor Strange to some degree. Yeah. Hulk. 
The you, superheroes. Right. That's what we pay our money for. Yeah. You pay your money to see the pillars of the brand. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is cool. Yeah. But you're but now you're going one level deeper into some niche category. Sure. And even though there's the superheroes and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all of this stuff. But well, they make appearances. But it's not the same thing. It's not the same it's thing. It's not the same thing. I'm with you, man. I, I know what you – we're cut from the same cloth in that sense that – you know, we gravitate towards the Jedi. We gravitate towards the superheroes. Because ultimately, that's what Star Wars is about. And I hear people say all the time, oh, Star Wars is so much bigger. It's so much bigger. Well, it is. Yeah. It is, but it isn't. But there is that thing that we all – I mean, I would, I would argue that every kid that saw A New Hope, what is the first thing they did when they walked out of there? They didn't really – I mean – Probably some did. I'm, I'm not going to make right. it a, an the absolute. The talks of the world, like you know, pew pew, right? Or was it psh, get your right. lightsaber? Right. It's right. the lightsaber. Ultimately, Star Wars. You're doing this with the Force, trying to move the rock when you walk out of the, the theater. That's what makes it special. Yes, that's what makes it special. And I think that that is probably the biggest reason why this new sequel trilogy has has. I think. Not financially failed because financially it's done incredibly well. Right. But why I think that there has been a drop in interest, we've seen it. I, I, I've, I've had an, – look, I'm going to show – I'm going to share on the show. And like, you know, it's probably not a popular opinion. I've had analysts mm-hmm. who, who look and help me try to figure out my business tell me uh, interest in Star Wars has fallen dramatically since The Last Jedi. I can see that. It's just a fact. Yeah, I can totally see that. You, you can know? see it. You can see it, and you can feel it yeah. when you're on Twitter. And, and and I think it's because this new Star Wars isn't taking advantage of the most important elements of the Star Wars brand. Okay. And hopefully, and like, look, this this I think it's easy to point the finger at Kathleen Kennedy mm-hmm. and say you just don't believe in Star Wars the way that it was created. Like you don't believe in the Jedi, you don't believe in the Force powers, you don't believe in all this stuff. Even though these new movies have those elements in it, it's just kind of like it's not. Doesn't it's, feel the same. It feels like they're trying to pivot away from it in a gradual kind of pivot, where it's like let me like like yeah yeah this is still it's still the story of two Jedi's going at each other sure because that's that's all Star Wars can I think really for it to be successful it's all it ever can be. Yeah, and, and we talked about this a little bit with Kathleen Kennedy in particular. And we said it and we kind of figured it out on the show, I like to think, because I feel this way. We said it over and over. She's a fantastic producer. But when she is, when she is brought in after a $4 billion deal to make movies, there's a lot riding on her to make money. And so what does she do? She greenlights – Obviously, episode seven, but Rogue One and Solo and episode eight and episode nine, those were probably all in, in the making. But then we also had a Boba Fett movie going out there. We heard right. there was a kind of a most Eisley thing happening. Right. With, Everything uh, to push you away from the dependency of the Jedi. What she's right. And what she's what she was doing was, I think, just creating IP in the within the Star Wars universe to just keep pumping out Star Wars movies and. We've said she's not good at mythology building, which is needed for Star Wars. That's yeah. what I feel is that she doesn't get the mythology of Star Wars. And I think that there's the idea of business making these movies to sell not only the movies and an audience experience but also action figures and merchandise. 
And so what are action figures? It goes to John Peters. And they're not even doing that. I mean they can't do that. Like, right. Their, their, their toy sales have dropped dramatically. Right. And it goes to my – I was going to make a point about John Peters in making a Superman movie made it – he wanted to sell toys – more so than selling a Superman movie. And at one point he said, Superman can't fly. Give him a jetpack. That sells toys. And it's like, I'm sorry? Right. What? You don't, you don't understand Superman. Right. So I'm looking at Kathleen Kennedy in a similar way because I think that it's like let's pump out movies because those make money. And that we can pivot away from maybe some of the Jedi stuff. But, but why? Like why, why would they want to do that? Well, I think because there are – I think there's a bigger audience out there that would want to see a Boba Fett movie over an Obi-Wan movie. I think there are I, – I How? I think they – I think that people how? just want – Yeah, how? <laughs> I think there's a lot of people like like different things. But I would say that you can get a Jedi movie and also get a Boba Fett movie and, and, and appease both sides. And, and yeah. it's like – and I don't really like this – kind of way of looking at it because it's almost like going into the fandom and then dividing them, which is what it feels like now on Twitter. You know, you're a part of a fandom that you thought everybody was involved and now if you like The Last Jedi, get out of our club. You know, that's what I don't like. I, it's like I would love to talk to people, which a high school friend of mine that I saw at my high school reunion is a perfect example. Doesn't go on Twitter, doesn't do this, loves Star Wars, loves the Big Mac, didn't like Last Jedi. And when I asked him, did you like Last Jedi? He's like, nah. Yeah, it's just, and it was just a, yeah. I, I was hoping for more, uh, but I can't wait for Rise of Skywalker. Maybe they'll right the wrong. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> right. that's the attitude look, look, I want. Star Wars fans always have hope, right? You know, you're you're yes. a, you're a, every movie is you're a, you're our last hope. Yeah. Um, but look, it's almost like they're trying to solve a disease that, like, preemptively solve a a disease that was never there. You know, like they're saying, hey, we we need to figure out a way. To make Star Wars bigger than the Jedi um, because the Jedi, what, aren't going to sustain your franchise? Of course they are. Of course they are. It's because, again— They are the franchise. I don't think there's an understanding. I really don't. I think that there has been— There is, a, there is from Filoni. Yes. There is from Filoni. Yes. Which, which begs the question, which I think might be the topic of this podcast. Yeah. What the hell does Star Wars look like after The Last Jedi? Benioff and Weiss. I'm just going through the rundown of trade reports right. and announcements. Which I think will be a, filled with um, with Jedi. That's how you get back to it. Because if you tell me that Benioff and Weiss is going to do maybe year one of Jedi, of the Jedi, the creation of the Jedi Order, the rise of the Sith, there is a lot you can mine as far as the Big Mac. Yeah. You can get – you can get more lessons in the Force. You can go deeper into the mythology. Yeah. You can create new Force powers. It's probably our last hope. It might be. I don't see it as the last hope. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, yeah. TBD on what Ryan Johnson is doing with his trilogy and if it's going to happen. I right. still – I don't know. I, I don't know. funny that it isn't going to happen. But I, I'm leaning towards there too, but I go off – Actually, with my theory is that they're both working on the same thing maybe. Right, because that's what they said. That's what Kathleen Kennedy said, that Benioff and Weiss and Ryan Johnson are now – all together plotting the next 10 years. Oh, so my we, God. I'm all for it, man, but you know me. I like Ryan Johnson. What can I say? Yeah. I um, I mean, at one point I even heard that he was doing more of a kid-style trilogy, that it was going to be more geared to kids. Yeah, look, I think that after this next movie, uh, Kathleen Kennedy is going to step down. Yep. I think Kevin Feige is going to step in. 
I think Kevin Feige is going to leave the MCU and give it to this other young producer that works with him that's been with him forever. I forget his name right now. Okay. Um, um, he's going to step in. Uh, Feige will step out and step into Star Wars. Will take over Star Wars. I'm all for it. He'll clean house. Yep. You know, he's already worked with uh, John Favreau. I think Mandalorian. Yep. Which is confirmed for a season two, right? Yep. yep. We'll have two seasons, and we'll see where it goes. Hopefully, in season two, is when they introduce this Jedi character. Because if you don't have that element in Mandalorian, unless it's like the most incredible. Like execution of this bounty hunter stuff that really, 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 really delivers. I think it's gonna be okay. I know a lot of people are like crazy about it. Yeah, but it's gotta have like. See, it's it's different things because I don't think I I don't think uh, this is where I'll push back. I don't think people definitely need the Big Mac in every single Big Mac being the Jedi in every single incarnation of a Star Wars. I think there's room to explore these pockets of the galaxy and whatnot, but you can flavor in. Rogue One, for me, it's it's a perfect example of what I think fans would really love. I think it would be interesting if The Mandalorian is all about the Mandalorians and bounty hunters and what and – the, and the evil pockets and some of the remnants of the Empire and what's the Republic doing and all this kind of stuff. Great, great, great. Why couldn't they run yeah. across a but, Jedi that's hiding? But but let's do an experiment right now. Okay. Okay. Um, tell me using scenes, mm-hmm. okay, and trying to keep it within like basically like a minute and a half okay, okay. or less. Tell me the scenes of Rogue One that you remember the most that tell the story. Just really quick. Just – just off the top of that your head. To tell the story or tell that that utilize the Big Mac? No, no, no. Forget the Big Mac. Just tell me the story of Rogue One by pointing to the scenes in the movie. Well, the opening, the very start of the film, getting uh, Galen Erso because they got a, he, they need him to build the Death Star. Right. That's so you the got plot. Krennic, right. Krennic and Erso. Krennic and Erso. Yep. Jin Erso hides. Yep. Okay. Saw Gerrera finds her. Okay. That opens up. That's the rebellion. She's against it. They use her. They want to get to her father. She comes in. Father dies, right? Then that opens up. Uh-oh. They got the Death Star now. They go to Vader. Vader's like, oh, my God. You think this is a technological terror? I'm using New Hope, sure, but to Krennic. <laughs> right. You think that this is going to get you the eyes of the emperor? We'll see. Don't choke on your aspirations, right? Then it cuts to the rebels going out there trying to get uh, – trying to find out where the plans are. Then – they find out where the plans are through Jyn Erso, realizing that it's, oh, my God, my father put something in there because he was against it. And then they mount their invasion. Star, Stardust. Yeah, Stardust. And they mount their invasion on Scarif. They go to Scarif. They get the plans. They get the new hope, so to speak. And then Vader wrecks shop and sets up new hope. Okay. So first of all, it's a good good summary. Well, I was trying. Yeah, yeah. it's a good summary. I was put on the spot. Now, Vader is in that movie only three times. Sure. Okay, barely in it. Barely. In your quick little description of the movie, you used Vader a number of mu- times. As much as you used anything else. I sure did. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Good good example. You see I what I'm see saying? your point. I see your point. Yeah, from that. You know, and it's like and if you look at if you look at Rogue One, it's a cool movie. Yeah. But the best parts about that movie, there's no question, are Krennic does an incredible job. Um, you know, Ben Mendelsohn does an incredible job as Krennic. Yep. You know, we were so close, mm-hmm. you know. He is great. I mean, he was just like, you know, uh, he's just he's just incredible. Really, a man of your intelligence. I mean, he's 
He, his lines in that movie. He's can, fantastic. He's fantastic, okay? But you use him. You use the Death Star, mm-hmm. right? And you don't really – not once did you mention, um, you know, Diego Luna who's getting his own fucking show. <laughs> I know. Like what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? What not is, using Diego Luna? No, 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 no. Of course you use Daniel Luna if you're going to oh. give him his own show. I'm talking about the character. Right. How the fuck does that guy get a show? I don't know. And, and like, I know you love that idea. And, like, this is where you and I are, you know, obviously across the table from each sure. other. But how the fuck do you give this guy his own show? Why him? No, no, no. Not, not him. He's a great actor. I mean, yeah. like, no, 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 no. No, why incredible... the character? Is right. that what you're saying? Right. Why the effort in giving me... It sounds exactly the same as The Mandalorian, kind of. Well, I, we talked about this on Jedi Council, again, the latest one with Ken, um, is that I am interested with Diego Luna and Cassian Andor's series is more about the spy game within the Rebellion. That's what I want to see, the subterfuge, the, the hard decisions of having to kill a fellow rebel soldier because he's injured and he's going to keep fine, you behind. Fine, a great scene. All right, fine. Great point. All right, yeah. so, so that's what you want out of that That's scene. what I want from that what series. What do you want from Mandalorian? Mandalorian, I want to see – the most I want to see is what is the galaxy like after Return of the Jedi. So what fascinates me about what I saw of the Mandalorian at Celebrations – was when the Mando walks in and he's making a deal with Werner Herzog's character, there's some stormtroopers flanking him because there are still remnants of the Empire. They're like, what do we do? Well, and Werner Herzog's character says this, there are still Empire outposts. There are still – Fine, fine, fine. Right? So – Okay. But where's the Republic in that? And can they run across Jedi that are hidden? They have to. I'm telling you right now that the Mandalorian is going to have – it's either going to have a strong presence of the Jedi in it. It or, should. Or I don't like – I don't think it's going to have a strong presence and that's what scares point, me right? because I want to hear – I would love it. This is more of what I want. I would love it if like the Mandalorian is out on a mission or something and he gets – and he's talking to somebody and say, like, well, we can't do that because – Luke Skywalker came to this planet the other day looking for blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, ooh, okay. Right. Hey, guys. Riley here with Rula 2, and this episode is brought to you by DC Universe. It's the ultimate DC membership for DC fans where you can watch, read, shop, and even connect with other fans. Home of DC original series like Titans, Doom Patrol, and Young Justice Outsiders Part 1 and 2. Their comic library now includes over 20,000 titles from classics to recent releases and more complete storylines than ever before. The Man of Steel, Harley Quinn 2016, and Batman number 50 are all included. Watch new animated films like Justice League vs. The Fatal Five and Batman Hush coming soon, along with classic movies like Superman and Superman 2. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices. Sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. That's dcuniverse.com slash join. I want to know more about, because again, going to what we were talking about with the sequel trilogy... You have no idea what's going on with not only the Republic. You have no idea what's going on really with the First Order and how they rose to prominence because I like they – I got – and this is JJ I think on purpose in Force Awakens. They're kind of like a terrorist cell. But then all of who? a sudden – Who? The First Order. OK. They're kind of like terrorist cell. Right. Even though like – But then when they're revealed, it's the like – The rebellion was damn. really like a terrorist cell. Correct. Right. They really were. Um, but – 
and I see that, but we never we're never fully involved. It's, a, it's like it's we, we've talked we, about it on the show before. It's like Rosencrantz and Gilderstein are dead. Yeah, this is what we get. This is this is somehow. We missed a lot, that, and that's what I'm hoping the Mandalorian sets up. Whoever became in charge, and we all know it's Kathleen Kennedy, when she took over Lucasfilm, and look, I'm sure Bob Iger's in the mix, and I'm sure there's other people that you know our stakeholders that are in the mix. The choice was um, we are going to tell the story of everybody else but the Jedi. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's our path forward. Well, and I think that that path – was a questionable decision because, yeah, you have Jedi in the new sequel. You have Rey, yeah. who I think uh, is a great character, and she's a really good uh, – Daisy really is a gr- really good actor. Mm-hmm. And I love Kylo, and I think Adam Driver is excellent. Um, I think both of their characters, Kylo a little bit better than, than Rey, are just you know kind of like, okay. Yeah. Well, they were – I mean, see, I'm fascinated by it. But that's me, yeah. and you know that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's an interesting point. I think that with the Jedi thing, you know, could this is my point? Could we don't know the inner workings of what's going on in those development meetings? Could that have been what they wanted to do all along by starting it where they did with Force Awakens, where they're saving a series of movies or a streaming series on? Luke rebuilding the Jedi Order, which begs the question, would audiences accept a younger version of Luke Skywalker, i.e. recasting? I think that they might – look, I think – and you've mentioned this before on the show. I think that Star Wars is destined destined for a soft reboot. (sighs) I know. You know, I don't like I, it. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Look, it happened. It happened to – The soft reboot though was Force Awakens. I mean that's really introducing a whole new audience to right, but Star Wars. First of all, absolutely. But but I can't. But they it, did a soft reboot. But I don't know if they actually needed it because at that point everybody's perception of the prequels had changed a little bit. You know, sure. And like you know, they, like the Clone Wars did an incredible job in sort of cleansing the palate of the prequels. Even though I love the prequels, yeah. Um, and and I have a lot of friends of mine who also love the prequels. Star Wars theory, Jamie Costa. Uh, Jeremy loves Me? Uh, you know episode three. I you love the prequels can, now, you know, and I came around to it. Yeah, I really did because I had problems with the prequels, like you wouldn't believe. Right at one point after Revenge of the Sith, I was like, "Those are awful," and then years later, I really come to love them because I went, "Wait a minute, okay." I kind of looked at them more. I kind of studied right, them right, more because they're very layered. They're very layered films. Yeah. Now you have, and you're right. The Force Awakens was a soft reboot because everybody was like, you know, I guess. The the brass was like, here we have this script that George Lucas wants to make. Right. That's even fucking crazier than the prequels. Yeah. Instead of midichlorians, you get the wills. You get the wills. Like, like, oh my god, further down. Microsc- even, yeah. The script is even crazier. It was. They it's were like, afraid of of what the prequels. Yeah. They were like, afraid, hey, and there was. I I believe and, there was a mandate: don't touch the prequels. And George, um, you know. In an interview on on uh, with Charlie Rose, breaks all this out. So Google George Lucas, Charlie Rose. Yeah, and it's a fascinating like two hour interview where he breaks all this shit down. Yeah, and basically, um, you know, after he submitted his script, because George Lucas was gun ho about continuing his role 
yeah. as the godfather of Star Wars. Hence and Michael Arndt coming in. Him and Michael Arndt wrote the script. The yeah. script was written before he sold yeah. uh, you know, Lucasfilm. I think he sold it with that script. He sold it with that script. Yeah. And he handpicked Kathleen Kennedy mm-hmm. to produce the script because his boy from the prequels, I forget his name uh, now. Uh, Rick McCallum. Rick McCallum, I guess, wasn't involved. So he handpicked Kathleen Kennedy, who he worked with on uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he handpicked J.J. Uh, Abrams because he really liked the way that he directed, which I think he was right on. J.J. Yes. is a great director. You know, uh, I don't know how good of maybe a writer he is, but he's a, definitely a great director. Yeah. Um, and he gets there. And they're like, this is way too weird. Yeah. You know? Too prequely. Too prequely. We need to, like, kind of go back to that flavor of the original trilogy because that's where all the nerds and the sweaties want to spend their money. Yep. So I kind of, we kind of want to do a little bit of nostalgia play. And George was like, I'm not doing nostalgia play. Like, right. Who the f- like, uh, like, 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 who are you talking to? Nostalgia. Right. Then who they the bring f- in. Fuck, I don't do nostalgia. I reinvent your memories. Right. And then they bring in Lawrence Kasdan. JJ right. jumps on. They get rid of the script. They get rid and of the look script. At the and marketing. George Lucas says, "You know what? I'm out. I'm out." And look at and this is why I call it a soft reboot because if you look at the marketing campaign for the prequels and the sequels, they're very different. The prequels, the numbers are there. Episode one, right? The Phantom Menace, right? Very small. It's episode one because the fans back then were like. Oh my god, wait. When we finally realized that episode four A New Hope was episode four, where's episode three? Where's four? Where's one? Where's two? Right, right. right? So then that marketing campaign was using here's episode one of what you knew of the, the original trilogy, right? Yeah. When you get to Star Wars or when you get to the sequel trilogy, it's Star Wars Force Awakens, Star Wars Last Jedi, right. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Nary a number to be seen. Right, right. And right. because they want to – they don't want you thinking prequels, and they don't want you thinking, oh, I got to go back and watch one, two, three, and then the originals, and, and which order is it in? No, they want you to see Star Wars, yeah. and here's a new right. movie. So you're absolutely right. Force Awakens, the way that they looked at it, was definitely a – So it was a reboot for them to bring in more audience, yeah. and then the sweaties like us – were there for the nostalgia because guess what? Harrison Ford's back. Right. Carrie Fisher's back. Mark Hamill's back. And then they alienated an incredibly large group of of the audience that wanted to see a sequel to Return of the Jedi. Yeah. This movie, no matter how you slice it, is not a sequel to Return of the Jedi. No, it's not. It's a soft reboot. It's a soft reboot of the franchise using some of the main characters. And I mean you can say, yes, it's a sequel because we get our characters. But that's what I think and I wonder and I'll put it to the audience as we wrap things up. Is this by design? Are we going to get a streaming series? We're already there with Mandalorian happening after Return of the Jedi. That's more of a sequel than Force Awakens, right? Happens right after Return of the Jedi or at least five years I've heard. So are we going to get a series about rebuilding the Jedi Order with a recast Luke Skywalker? Are we going to get a series about Princess Leia taking over? I I mean I don't know. I don't know how much they want to do that if you don't have Carrie Fisher anymore, Mm -hmm. God rest her soul. If you don't have a younger Harrison Ford, if you don't have a younger Mark Hamill. And so then that time period hasn't been touched. It, it it's kind of touched in Bloodline. It's there, but that Bloodline takes place years after because Ben Solo has been born mm. and is off on a an adventure with Uncle Luke. So we're already way. Of, but there is nothing that's been touched immediately after Return of the Jedi, other than the aftermath books by Chuck Wendig, 
where you get some of that, but it's it's more like cleanup. It's like what's going on with the empire, and okay, we got to clean up here, and this, this, and that. So, but nothing in the live action space. Mm. So I would love to see, and I would I would even welcome a Spider Verse kind of animated movie. Yes, yeah, that did that. That did. Here's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Here's Harrison Ford, or Han Solo. Here are the characters, and doing the event because. What was great about the Thrawn trilogy of books from Timothy Zahn? Is that it was a sequel to Return of the Jedi. Right, and we loved it. Yeah, it's because it's a sequel to Return of the Jedi. But there is something that's going on at Lucasfilm and Disney where they're not touching that area other than minor touches here and there. Right, Thrawn and whatever. So, right, so now where are we going to go? So now what? where are we going after Rise of Skywalker? Thousands of years in the past with Benioff and Weiss. At least that's what we understand right yeah. now. What's in development? Well, we heard that a Knights of the Old Republic. Now, how does that tie into Benioff and White? We yeah. don't know. We don't know at all. What else did we hear? We heard Obi Wan Kenobi, a series. Well, that already takes place in the same time frame as where around the time frame of Solo and New Hope, at least, or you know, especially Rogue One. Yeah, that's where an Obi Wan series would take place. For so, me, Star Wars after Episode Nine looks like a literally looks like the feeling you get at the end of Revenge of the Sith, mm. which is that Star Wars is truly the kind of – like not died, but it's like – Well, at least the saga is over, but we know yeah. we'll have more Star Wars. You have so. pockets in hiding. Right. Right. You have like Yoda and what's left of the Jedi Order kind of hanging out with Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. You know, you have this new hope – of Benioff and Weiss taking it really way back in the past and focusing only on the Jedi mm-hmm. and the Sith and their, like, you know, eon-long conflict. And then you have this whole Mandalorian thing mm-hmm. that's kind of, like, off to the side, trying, yep. to, trying to, like, keep alive the current version of Star Wars. Fill like, in some blanks. Fill in some blanks. And then you have this new weird-ass show with Diego Luna mm-hmm. doing, like, the whole post-return. Of the, so it's like... You basically what, – what you have is what you have at the end of Revenge of the Sith, which is everybody's kind of gone off into – you know, you have um, you know, Leia and Alderaan with um, – you know, with um, – Bail Organa. Bail Organa. Mm-hmm. You have Obi-Wan and Tatooine looking over Luke. You have the baby over here. You have Vader with the Emperor. You have Yoda in Dagobah. Yeah. That's kind of what, how I see the Star Wars after episode nine is just everybody's kind of off into their own little things. And so that's like out of all of that shit, hopefully one will rise and emerge as the new torchbearer of Star Wars into the future, man. But we'll see. It's going to be tough. This is a conversation I could still keep going on because I don't feel like we've really put a pin on it. So I'll put it to everybody out there listening and watching at home. Uh, What do you think? Drop in some comments. Where are we going after episode nine? Will we ever get an episode 10? Are we only going to have non-Big Mac stories or is it going to be something of a mix I don't know. There's so much speculation going on, including from these two gentlemen here, including up in my head. I don't yeah. know. I, I, it, it's hard to determine, and we'll have a little bit more to say on the subject <clears throat> Excuse me. once episode nine wraps because then I think we can go, okay, now we know definitively where it ends. Um, that can help color our answer on if there will ever be an episode 10 mm. or if we are, are we just destined to have – Spinoffs 
and or is Benioff and Weiss thing? Could it keep going? I mean, how many times? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. But when you talk about this stuff, I mean, it, it's sure there are things that I feel like, man, I wish right. they wouldn't do this. Right. We're going to hold those series before it's all over. Um, nah, they won't do that. I don't think that because I don't need to hold those series either. You know, I don't need to fill in blanks between Force Awakens and, ja- and Last Jedi right now. Or I need I need movies that fill in some blanks yeah. right after Return of the Jedi. That's more interesting to me. And I think an animated movie is a fantastic idea. Yeah. Not to pat myself on the back here. I need Star Wars movies that unifies that brings balance to the fandom. That's what I need. Yeah. Look, I want that as well. As much as I love the movies that they're pumping out, you know, all with various different layers of love, but I just, you know, I it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint, but I I want a lot, but at the same point it's like I don't know where I'm going with this. I just I just would love to to know more about the development progress because behind the scenes even though yeah. I love what's the, movies, the roadmap? What's the roadmap? I can look. I can look outside of the movies and put on my business mind and put on these reports that I see about Lord Miller being fired and Colin Trevorrow being fired and replacing directors and going over here and doing Cassie and Andor and this and that and it's like, hmm, huh, what's going on over there? Yeah. Um, and I think we are due for something after Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So some joy. Hopefully, Rise of Skywalker rocks. I think it will. But uh, there you have it. There you have it. That is episode 50 of Rule of Two. Thank you for joining us here on Collider Video where you can see this episode dropping Monday evening at 5 p.m. And if you're listening at home, thank you. Give us a five-star review if you like it. Share it with your friends. Subscribe across the board for all the content we're doing. And uh, please check out all our Comic-Con coverage. It's Monday that you're hearing this right now. We have a lot of good stuff over there on Collider.com and uh, Collider Video, all the videos that we did. The small crew over there rocking it as they did. So thank you very much. Mark Fernandez, Mark Riley, at Riley Around, at Mark Fernandez if you want to hit us up. And we'll see you next week. Rise.